Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode, where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello, everyone. Oh, we're on. We're on. We're we're right on time. The clock just switched to six o'clock. All right, we're perfect. And we're, we're matching. We're trying to make up for last week where we, we got forgot. All caught up and we forgot. Yes, I'm very yes. Sorry. We're we sorry. totally I'm forgot. Sorry for her. That was yeah, bad. yeah. So last week it was week, a busy day. We were in Chicago. No, we weren't. Or no, oh, wow. <laughs> Omaha Chicago at World Cup. Good. Okay, we were at World Cup, and in the morning we did this awesome rider position lecture. And then it went off very well. It went off very well. There were Thank like 200 people. Thank you for volunteers that showed. And it was great to meet everybody too, actually. Yes. And then we totally forgot to do Facebook Live. And I didn't remember until Friday, which is totally not like me. I always remember everything. So it definitely must have been. But there was a lot of interviews. A very too. long day. It was a long day. Yes. We did a lot of interviews. So we should give a recap on, on. World Cup. What was your favorite part of World Cup? Ingrid's warm-up. Ingrid Klimke's warm-up. Why did you like Ingrid's warm-up? Because of the way her horse looked. It was very soft. It was very round. It just, when they talk about the happy athlete, it just looked that part. Yeah. Very supple. Very through. And it was very systematic. And there was just no drum. It was just very pleasant. It was just nice to watch it. Made me, made me all warm and fuzzy like that. Yeah. And her position was amazing. Flawless. It just and it just never changes. Yeah, it just never changes. And the other thing about Ingrid is like, did you notice her saddle had no knee rolls? It was just yeah, like just, just the flat. old style, just old school. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely was inspiring to watch her ride, watch her position. By the way, I'm doing a webinar on rider position on Sunday, April 23rd. So the link is down below. Be sure to RSVP. This is going to be awesome. Yes, and Stefan's freestyle. I remember a moment when he was coming because we were sitting in the in the cheap seats above uh, above C, and he was coming towards us doing the uh, the half passes. And I just remember thinking, "Oh, his horse is trying for him." It was it was cool. It was really really cool to see his horses go. All right, Dad, we're moving for you. All right, I got you. Yeah, I think I really think all the horses really rose to the occasion in the freestyles and it is so fun to put together the music and to be able to choreograph it, you know, to enhance your horse, like to show off what your horse does best. And that's, what's really fun about the freestyles and all of the riders had great freestyles. Like I was really, really impressed by the freestyles. Yeah, they were good. And, and it had such a great ride. Yes. So, Anna Buffini. Cool. That was fun. So um, I spent a lot of time at World Cup watching the warm-up, which was really cool because they had, when I went in a few years ago, we went to Las Vegas, Vegas and we weren't allowed to watch the warm-up. But here they had the warm-up in the middle of all the vendors, which I can imagine was probably a little bit tricky for some of the riders to be warming up 
like that publicly with there were like people all around and kids and like balloon like there was a lot going on and then they had the indian thing in one day oh yeah they had like this indian demonstration <laughs> in the another arena behind the vendors yeah but what was interesting is uh so we interviewed stefan and he said that he actually prefers that he prefers when there's a lot going on around the warm-up because it's more similar to when you go in the ring and i know that's really hard like if the warm-up is super sterile and quiet and then you go through the tunnel into the stadium with lights and like thousands of people cheering that's really hard for the horses to adjust to that. So in a sense, it was better that the warm-up had stimulation so that, you know, the horse was kind of tuned to that before going into the show ring. I personally loved watching um, Isabel's warm-up. Her horse was so active, so through, so supple. It was really interesting to watch how she always had the horse in shoulder four with varying degrees of bend. And so that was really cool to see. And also how active the horse's hind legs were like in the canner, it was just it's like just coming, awful. coming, coming, coming. Yeah. And I really admire Isabel's riding. I don't think that the horse she was riding wasn't probably the most talented horse in the competition, but, but she, she got all of them. everything out of that horse that she could. And that was really, really cool. Um, overall, I think it's always just very inspiring to see the top riders in the world and to see the top horses in the world and, you know, to see what they're capable of. Because it really is beautiful. It's, 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 it's living art, you know, it is so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other warm up that I loved was watching Stefan's warm up because he, I think, rides with a lot of softness and suppleness in his horses. And it was, you know, all of the riders in the warm up. Oh, Levi. He found squeaky. <laughs> Levi thinks it's squeaky. To he found squeaky. Levi, no. So all of the riders in the warm up, you know, they prioritize the basics and the relaxation and lots of walking. And that's really important to, you know, that's what's hard about these competitions is they have to be so like active and hot and in front of the lake, but they also have to be relaxed enough to do a halt and to do the walk. And that is the fine line there. So let's talk about our, um, our lecture that we did. So on Thursday morning, the Grand Prix was on Wednesday. The freestyle was on Friday. So Thursday we were like, everyone's going to be bored. Levi, no. So on Thursday, <laughs> we were like, everyone's going to be bored. So let's do a lecture on rider position. Nothing against Omaha, but there's not really a lot going on. Yeah, we, I, I asked Herman to like look up what we should do. And we walked across the Missouri River. Yeah, we went to two states. We went to Iowa. That was our entertainment. Um, <laughs> someone on Facebook says, let him have the squeaky toy. <laughs> yeah, because it's... <laughs> It reminds me of when my grandpa was here and he has hearing aids oh, and God. Levi had the squeaky toy and it was and driving. Grandpa went, yes, it grandpa. Hurt. I think it hurt his ears actually. Um okay. So now I've lost my train of thought. We went to Iowa, we crossed the pedestrian yes. bridge. It wasn't really. But anyways, the lecture was amazing. And honestly, I started a lot of the lectures that I do 
during COVID. And I did, I've done a ton of lectures online, but it's very different talking to a screen. Like right now, okay, I can see there's 77 people watching, which is amazing. How do you know that? Because it says up there, 77 Oh, look people. at that. Okay. But it's totally wonderful to do it in person where you can see everyone there and hear them clapping and hear their reactions and feel their energy that was really really special and to have many of you guys come up and like recognize us and just tell us your stories and your appreciation it was so special many of you guys were like in tears and that you know i i of course, I hope that I'm helping you with your riding, but to hear your really, story. That's the thing. When you guys tell us how how much we've helped your horses, it's 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 awesome that it's just a great feeling. Yeah. It's and it's encouraging too. It's encouraging to know that our work is making a difference and helping and you know that we're changing lives. And like Hermana always says, helping the horses. Yeah. I mean, yeah whatever about the people their horses are better <laughs> that was so funny how you said that during your part of the demo where you're like oh did i yeah during the scrambled oh, eggs that you're doing the scrambled eggs demo and you're like well i'm glad to know that i helped so many horses <laughs> look at levi he like wants to be the star of the show tonight he's just all sorts of um so that was really special. The other part that was really cool about the lecture, all of it's on my YouTube channel. So definitely go and watch the lecture, watch the um, interviews, is that we got both Stefan Peters and Anna Buffini to come and do interviews with us. And I was afraid to ask them, to be honest, because you know they're so busy and when you're in a competition like that your number one priority is your horse and your riding and i was a little bit afraid to ask them but they were so generous with their time and i really pride them for information like i asked them you know what's it like to compete and how do you train your horses and how do you prepare for a competition and that was really cool what was your favorite part of the interviews of the interviews with them yeah when they went on and explained what it was like to do the showing what anna said was like you're just riding from one crash to the next crash it was just like and you're just putting out these fires and you're just riding and uh what i call what i it reminded me when i said you just crack on it's like all right we're here we're next thing next thing next thing get on it get on it so that was that was cool and that's encouraging too because it's just what you do you're just riding your horse you're just riding yeah. And it was also really encouraging to hear how both Stefan and Anna, their main focus with their horse is on the basics and their rider position. That never goes away. And I think that that's really important. That's what bonds us together as a community, which is that we're all in different phases of our training. Like some of like Stefan and Anna, they're at the top of their sport. They're at the top of the world. And maybe some of you guys are just learning how to ride, but it's all the same stuff. You're working on the basics and you're working on your rider position and those two things you're never done with. So that's what I thought was really cool. Yeah. We're all just trying, we're all where we are and trying to improve that. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm extra excited for the rider position webinar and for our 30 day rider position challenge next month, which is going to be epic. Are you going to join the challenge? Uh, 
I don't know. I might fail. So you're going to join the challenge. <laughs> so probably not. No. I don't know. My ego would suffer probably tremendously. We're going to video you oh, because Lord. you have to make like a rider position shirt. We're going to video you. You're going to pick three things. Yes. You're joining the challenge. You could win. Yes, dear. You could win money. Yes, dear. You're going to pick three things that you're going to focus on in your position and you're going to see the difference at the yes, end of the dear. month. Okay. No, but okay. So what I also loved about the interviews is that, you know, it was kind of an interrupted lecture because I wasn't sure exactly when Stefan and Anna were going to show up. But so I was going on and on about rider position. And I was like, it's all about seat, leg, hand, seat, leg, hand. And then Anna does this like great description in her interview about how everything comes from your seat through the leg and then to the hand. And it was just like, she said it so beautifully. So if you haven't had a chance to watch their interviews, definitely. Um, Diana says Stefan's explanation on visualization was amazing. I totally agree. And I, I thought it was so interesting how Stefan says like, you have to feel the arena and like smell it and what it looks like and like get all your senses involved in your visualization. I like that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very detail oriented that then it's more than just, okay, I move here, I move here, but it's all encompassing. Okay. Amanda has a good point. She says, no one is talking about the other U.S. writer, Alice Tarjan and her mare. Um, so Alice had a nice ride. What I really admire about Alice, one is she's an amateur rider. So she, she's a lawyer, I believe. And she trained that horse from the beginning. Her horse is one of the younger horses. I think she was only 10. Yes. Um, so she was young. She had some problems in the Grand Prix, but her freestyle was really was good. nice. The freestyle was good. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, um, Alice has a big string of horses. When we were in Chicago last year, she literally won every single division almost every, every single class. division because she had a, she had yeah. a horse in every class she had a horse in the four-year-old the five-year-old the six-year-old the seven-year-old like all the way up through the grand prix so what alice is doing is definitely admirable and you know both and i really appreciate people that bring their horses up through the levels rather than just buying them as trained horses when you get a young horse she buys a lot of her horses as babies and then you develop them through the levels that's impressive and that's hard work and it's definitely admirable so yes we should we should not forget about alice okay questions there were some good questions and i wanted to start with um let's see so nicole had a few questions about the world cup so let me try and find her question because it was a good one. She asked us a bunch of questions. Okay. So when I was watching the world cup, I noticed several different approaches to the half pass. I've always been taught that you want slight shoulder for position. There were a few riders that seemed to have an indirect rein on the inside rein and an open outside rein. Not going to lie, I've been known to open my outside rein to bring the hindquarters over, but it's not my go-to and it's a quick thing why should we see why did we see this happening in the world cup that's a good question and good eye nicole do you have a good answer 
um to her point there yeah it's a quick fix um and so in there's the rules right first you have to learn all the rules and then when you know the rules then you can break the rules <laughs> right and that's that's what it is so those guys know their horse and they know that they're going to save half a point or they're going to manage some little thing better and so that's test riding which is a bit different than training right you so they're doing something to make sure that they get it done um and they don't train it might be i don't see them training but my guess is they're not training it the same way at home but when you're at a show it's a performance and you have to keep the horse in that position yeah yeah but it should be when you're riding a half pass and your horse is correctly bent there should be space between your inside rein and the inside of the horse's neck right and, and they have them in the outside rein right but i do think like sometimes I've the indirect rein when they start to stiffen there and come up over yeah let it supple yeah. them up and then put it back i mean it's a moment to get the suppleness or if you start to lose um, the connection on the outside range, sometimes I'll take my hand just a little wide so that I can maintain the connection on the outside range. But, you know, it's, it's hard, this stuff that we do. And it's like, you know, like Anna said in her interview, you're, when you go into the ring, stuff falls apart. And that's part of the, the show riding, the show riding, which is different than training at yeah. home. The show riding is okay, let's hide that. Let's keep them here. Let's finesse that and on to the next thing. Right. Because in the training, if you lose the bend, then you would ride shoulder four or you do a circle or something. But in and the show ring. back up, right. You, and so I don't know exactly why they would do that. I was just, that's why I've done it. Yeah. Okay. There were lots of good questions today. There's like a million questions. Um, okay. Lucy, warm-up sequences you liked at the World Cup. I think we already talked about that, but I really liked Isabel. I mean, her horse was so active. The other thing I learned from Isabel, I was so inspired by watching Isabel when I went home. I was like, okay, my horses are going forward with Ben. Um, she also really kept the activity and the shoulder four through the corners, which is some place that I feel like I lose my horses a bit is in the corners. And we all do. When corners are hard. They're hard. Corners are really hard. Yeah. The horses like to go downhill. They like to lose activity. So to ride a good corner, you have to go through the corner with shoulder four and bend. And that was one thing Isabel was amazing with that horse. Like her corners and her turns, the hind leg was coming. Never stopped and it stayed consistent. Yeah. So, um, and then I think, you know, one thing I also liked about the warm up was how much the riders practice their halts that was one thing that i definitely noticed in the warm-up and also the focus on the walk you know and just how much you can do at the walk with just little suppling things and also to keep the relaxation in your horse okay next question from kelly this is a heated topic uh -oh. what yeah let's not get in trouble here what are your top criteria when looking for a dressage trainer and how do you know when you've outgrown them big sigh um my trainer threw me out of her barn <laughs> i pretty much took care of that <laughs> when you'd outgrown 
She just kicked you out. Yeah. Okay, well, that's so a that good was, way to was, know. That one I didn't have to ponder or wonder. Okay, that was crystal clear. Uh, it's another long story that we're not going to get into because you know the, we're not using any names. But yeah, that that one solved it for me. Um, you know, every clients come and go, and it's just part of the business, and it's yeah. nothing personal. You know, everybody's trying to do the best for their horse. And uh, and I've had clients go and I have other ones come. Um, it's I don't think it's because they don't like me anymore. It just needs change. And uh, and if that's what's going on for you, then time to go. Yeah, I think that for sure, every. Uh, you know, and I've ridden with different trainers throughout my career and every trainer you can learn different things from because we all have different strengths and weaknesses. And so, you know, one trainer might be like, like Yo Hinneman, he's my trainer right now. He's really, really good at the PF massage work. Um, some of the other trainers I've worked with are really good at rider position or really good at throughness and suppleness. And so you can learn different things from different people. And I also think that sometimes over time, you can get a little bit complacent in a relationship with the trainer where you no longer hear them or listen to them. And that's not a good thing. So the first part of that question is what are your top, top criteria when looking for a dressage trainer? I think it's really important that you admire and respect them. So that you appreciate the way that they ride, or if they're an older trainer and they don't ride so much that you appreciate the way they teach. Teaching and riding are different things for sure. There's different skills. Yeah, yeah, they're very different skills. So you can be a really good teacher and not as good of, I mean, I think to teach well, you, you have, have to have to experience. Ride. I mean, you, you yeah. have to, I mean, I'm not really interested in anybody's opinion. I want, I want somebody else's experience. That's yeah. So at one point they had to have done it. Yeah. But a lot of times, like, you know, as you get older or if you've had an injury and you can't ride so much, then sometimes that's what forces you to become a really good teacher because you have to explain it. I remember when I broke my collarbone and I couldn't ride and all my clients had to ride their horses. It forced me to become a better teacher because normally I would be like, okay, get off and I'll just get on and do it. <laughs> And suddenly I had to figure out, you know, how can I explain that to them? So I, you know, I always try to seek out people that I admire, that I appreciate, and also that I agree. I think it's really important that your trainer has a passion and a love for the horses and for the riding and for the training. And unfortunately, that's something that sometimes trainers lose. It's not an easy job being a dressage trainer or being a, a horse trainer, because not only do you have to deal with the horses, but you also have to deal with the people. And if you don't kind of protect yourself in a way, it's easy to get burnt out. And so um, if you can find those people that still have that passion and that love for the training and for the horses, those are the trainers you want. And it's really important, all of you guys, to really respect and be generous towards your trainers because no amount of money is going to like, 
Like you just have to appreciate them. And the more that you give and are respectful and kind and generous to your trainer, the more they will give back to you. And I think that that is really important. You agree? Yeah, because there's so much more. I mean, I always say it like this. You need to be happy. The horse needs to be happy. And I need to be happy. Yeah. And so if any one of the three of us isn't happy, the deal isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a relationship. And I think that that's, what's hard about it is it's more than just a monetary exchange because as hard, like we care about all of our students and all of our horses and, um, and so it is hard, you know, when they move on or when things don't work out or when you get in a fight with them or you disagree about something, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's like any relationship. Yeah. Um, so the moral of the story is appreciate your trainer and there is a time to, you know, to move on and you just have to be upfront about that. Okay. Next question. Sue, how do you plan your riding session with your horses? How long do you warm up? How do you plan their sessions to keep moving forward, but not going too fast? How do you know it's time to stop? How do you cool it down? Oh, right. Let's see. You want to take them <laughs> one by one? Um, okay. How long do you warm up? About 10 minutes, with including the walk. And then I do some serpentine at the trot. And then, depends on the horse, maybe I'll go to the canter then, because it'll help the trot later. Or... Uh, like with Frankie, not so soon. I am now doing canter sooner, but anyway, um, it depends on how the suppling feels like it's coming, right? Um, and because some days are better than other days. Some days you get on them and they're like, whoosh, and you're like, all right, let's go. Uh, some days it, you, they just don't feel as supple, and so it takes a minute longer. And so I have a general idea of what I'm going to do. You know, I know my horse. Well, obviously on a green horse or a new horse to me, I had to do my 320 meter circles in both directions and both gates, then take a break and then start. But once I know the horse, um, like if I have hot, spicy horses, I do the same warm up every day. So there's nothing surprising to them. It helps them calm down. Um, so that's that part. What was the next question? Um, oh, one thing other about the warm up is that it's the warm up is all about rhythm, suppleness, and connection. So, the base of the training scale that's what you have to establish in the warm up until you've established that you can't move on. So, sometimes your warm up might that, take your entire your ride. whole ride might be a warm up yeah. until it actually, yeah, exactly. So, it's one of those things that it takes as long as it takes, and you have to. You know, once you've ridden a horse for a long time, you kind of have a better idea. Like if it's Monday and they've had all weekend off, your warm up's going to take a bigger chunk of your ride. If it's Saturday and they've been working all week, then maybe you can get your warm up done quicker and move on. So it just depends. Um, okay, how do you plan? Experience counts. That's that's the moral of that story. And that's why we all have somebody on the ground. Somebody is saying, you know, your teacher has a teacher, right? We all have somebody to help us because. The horses are way better training us than we are training them. Okay. How to plan their sessions to keep them moving forward, but not going too fast. So that's a little vague, but there is this balance. So, so I mean, if you want to try and interpret that, yeah. a, I mean, I don't want to overface my horses and scare them. I don't want to make them do something that they can't do. 
I mean, I'll try it in a friendly kind of fun way. Hey, let's do this new thing. And then I'll base that on that. I'll base the next thing I do on that reaction. So if it was too difficult, I'll do something more simple and build back up to it. If they did it, then and they did it sort of, then I'll do it a few times and try and improve it and then leave it and do it again the next day. Yeah. But that's the hard part of dressage is that it's this balance between relaxation and reactivity to the aids. And that's, you know, like Stefan talked about that in his interview, which is the, the Grand Prix horses are so hot and reactive, and yet they still have to be relaxed and able to walk. And that's what Herman was talking about is you challenge them and you do harder exercises and more transitions. And then when you feel them getting too hot and too pumped up, you have to go back to something more basic and more simple and make sure that they're still staying relaxed with it. Yeah. Back to the training scale. Relaxation is key once you, and so that's how, you know, like if you've lost the relaxation, you got to back it down. How do you know when it's time to stop? How do you cool down? Um, the end on a happy note, right? Um, and so if they've really tried hard, hard the whole day, then it'd probably be a little less. If I have to go back and do some things, it'll be a little bit longer. Um, but when it feels like something happened soft, easy, then I'm off trotting and doing the stretchy circle. Yeah. And in general, you know, 45 minutes, you really shouldn't be working your horse for longer than that. If you want to walk more, that's okay. But if you haven't gotten it done in 45 minutes, it's not going to happen. So that's like how we both schedule our days are like 45 minutes a horse. With my FEI horses, I maybe schedule a little longer, like an hour so that I have time more to walk, right walk them. But for sure, I mean, 45 minutes, there's no, if you haven't gotten it done in 45 minutes, it's not going to happen. So put your horse away and start over. You're just going to make your horse frustrated and stiff and tired. Okay. Next question is from Janet. So before I ride, I lunge Kojo. Her horse is 18 years old. I was doing the groundwork warm up from your master class, which he loved, but my trainer says that's not enough. I agree since he spooked and bucked me off last month. I can't believe that he's 18 years old. Is it recommended to use side reins while lunging that early in the workout? So, yes, I think if you're going to lunge your horse, I recommend putting side reins on them because I don't like to just lunge my horses and let them go like crazy running around. I want to lunge them in a way that prepares them for riding, which means that they're accepting the contact, they're doing transitions, they're going on the bit. Yeah. It if you've got some crazy four-year-old and you lunging it to get some of the steam out of the pot, right. And you make it, that's one thing. Okay. But ideally the lunging is putting the horse on the aids, right? That the lunge whip is your leg. You're driving forward. The side reins are the contact. The horse is yielding to that contact. And so before you get on, the horse is already on the aid so that when you get on the horse is on the aids, um, you know, we see it, a lot where people just lunge horses to make them tired so they're too tired to misbehave but then there's no training so um i'm in favor of the side range and putting your horse in the frame that you want him to go when you ride him so that he's already on the age when you get on okay one more question and then i have to go pack 
because I have to oh, go yeah. to Salt Lake to City tomorrow to teach a clinic. Any of you Utah people, I'm going to be in Salt Lake City teaching a clinic over the weekend. Okay, last question is from Hannah. What can you do in the show ring when your horse gets really tense and jigs in the walk? Um, I cheat my line. I cheat my line. I'll, I'll just, you know, little leg yieldy, you know, six inches one way easy and just, and just kind of just cheat my line, turn a little early, cut off the corner so that I can start getting access in through the rib cage. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the best thing to do. And usually in the test you go like the diagonal is the free walk or the extended walk. And then you take up the reins as you come onto the rail so like at that juncture, you kind of want to turn early and then leg yield over to the rail as you're gathering up the reins. Cause right. that's the most frequent when time. When you go to gather up the reins, they stiffen. Yeah. So yeah, right before the, right around the quarter line, right when I'm coming across and I start to gather the reins up at the quarter line, um, I'll just push them over sideways a little bit. Yeah. And then just focus on your seat too. Like when you go to the walk, really breathing and there's kind of a fine line of you want to be following the walk motion with your seat, but then when you feel like your horse goes a little fast and like, like, right, you have to start to feel right before they break into the trot. And at that moment, a little half halt and hold your tummy tight. So you have to kind of, so you resist it. Yeah. Cause like you're following. Yeah. Like you're following, following, following the walk. But if you follow too much and you don't kind of check in with a hot horse, they're just going to trot off. So you have to kind of feel that check it a little shoulder in half halt and then release again. But um, it is a hard thing with horses that want to jig for sure. And then at home, if you've got a jigging horse, don't ever walk a straight line. Yes. Lots of leg yields. Leg yields, serpentine, yeah. half circles. You, you want to break the timing. And, and teach your horse to accept your leg in the walk that yeah. you can put your leg on for, that's why leg yield works because it teaches your horse that you can put your leg on to move the horse sideways and not just that they go forward from the leg. So anyways, I, yeah, we're going to go, I'm going to go to the gym. You already went to the gym. I'm going to go pack, go to the gym. I hope you guys all RSVP and come to the rider position lecture on April 24th, I have some really fun slides and Apparently exciting things a, uh, and we're doing a challenge. challenge. I'm excited to focus on my position because I know that as you taught me this week, your position is probably the number one thing that holds you back in your riding. And it's also what's great about it is it's something that you can control. Like you can fix your position. You can work on your position. You may not be able to control your horse or the other people There's around a lot you. Of things you what is the serenity prayer? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Exactly. I might have said that a few times. Huh? But you can change your position, right? Like that's yeah, something that's that you're something in you're control, control of. of. Yep. That is absolutely something you're in control of. So, all right. So, there you go. Good night, everyone. Bye now. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, 
and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.